and Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. Crazy to think that we're already this far into the NFL season and cra even crazier to talk about what happened week 8 in the NFL with the upsets and the weirder games. But yes, folks, we're already in week 9 into the NFL tonight. As you guys hear, our voice is going to be the Titans and the Steelers on Thursday night football. Dom, I'm excited to do the show. I feel like it was just yesterday we started talking about preseason training camp and now we're just about halfway through the regular season. My gosh, how time flies. My gosh, how time flies. <laughs> We're getting a clearer picture of what's going on in the NFL right now. The winners, the losers are kind of like showcasing themselves. So can't wait to talk about what happened in week eight. Let's get this started. Let's jump right into it, Dom. You say we're getting a clear picture. I'm not so sure with the Kansas City Chiefs being taken down by the Denver Broncos. Uh, this was the absolute shocker of the week for me. Luckily for me, I picked the Lions in my survivor pool, and that's only because I didn't have Kansas City remaining because I already picked KC or else you must believe I was going to pick Kansas City. Uh, scoring nine points in this game, and like we talk about the inability um, to rely on other players besides Travis Kelsey for this offense, and specifically Patrick Mahomes. We talk about them needing to have a wide receiver one. And while you can easily say Travis Kelsey is their wide receiver one, just because the way he plays the game and how good he is and, you know, how tight end-like he is because of, you know, how quick he is and, you know, how many balls he catches, I'm not so sure if your recipe for success when you have a tight end at wide receiver one and by how much of a big margin it is because Sky Moore in this game dropped a touchdown late in the game when Kansas City was trying to, to claw back. It doesn't seem Mahomes has the the, the connection with Rice. Uh, Marcus Valdez-Scanlon has been virtually invisible this year. You know, you it's easy to, to want to jump on and, uh, you know, crap on the Kansas City Chiefs. But let's give credit to the Broncos, too, a little bit, holding Kansas City to only nine points. They're sitting at three and five right now. Uh, long season there. They're, they're eight games in, so they're still going to have nine games remaining to try and squeeze into the playoffs. But it's hard not to be shocked by this outcome, and especially if you're a Chiefs fan. Just last week, I was talking to a buddy, and he said, well, if you have to pick the best team in the NFL, who is it? And I said, well, it's got to be Kansas City, right? The Eagles are up and down. The Dolphins didn't look good, uh, you know, against the Eagles. And the, the Eagles' offense is a little bit come see, come saw. The 49ers had already lost two straight games. This, that, and the other thing. And now Kansas City goes and puts up nine points, not even a touchdown to the Chiefs get against the Denver Broncos. Uh, a lot of shockers this week in terms of scores and outcomes. Uh, for me, this is the biggest one. They're Kansas City being taken down by the Broncos. And look, we talk about divisional games. Yes, divisional games are always a little bit closer than we would expect, but this is not something I saw coming in the least, Dominic. You know, Mile High is a definitely a difficult place to play, and Sean Payton was about to eventually put a good game plan together. He finally did. The Broncos take it 24-9. to Russell Wilson, not crazy stats, but the most important aspect was no interception. So... At the end of the day, Russell Wilson came out, did what he needed to do, and they really ran the ball well with Javante Williams, 27 carries for 85 yards. You know, for me, that keeps the Kansas City Chiefs offense off the field. And, you know, Pat Mahomes was not 100%. You know, the reports were that he was not feeling well before the game. Sometimes athletes, they say that, and, you know, they still perform. But I don't know, maybe in this situation, I'm going to give – uh, the Kansas City Chiefs kind of like a pass. And, you know, you're right that the offense from the very get-go of the season, I saw Kansas City's offense and I'm like, wow, there's missing something here. You could have Travis Kelsey, like you said, but you need to have 
something else. And, you know, they added McCole Hardman. He needs to get back into the rhythm of things in Kansas City. I'm sure this is going to help. But, you know, with the trade deadline coming around the corner, maybe Kansas City is going to do something. Keep an eye on that. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe another receiver was added to this receiving core because, yeah, a lot of these receivers have been dropping balls. And uh, maybe I think guys like Kadarius Tony is a bust. You know, this guy was a, a big pickup from the Giants and Kansas City came and scooped him up. And at the end yeah. of the day, he's done absolutely nothing for this Kansas City Chiefs offense. I wouldn't throw Rasheed Rice, you know, under the bus yet. I think that this guy is a, is a rookie and is a project player for the Kansas City. So I will keep an eye on him. But yeah, like Sky Moore, this guy's just too small. It doesn't seem like to, to fit this offense. But, you know, I'm going to say that Kansas City is going to be where this, this should be come playoff time. And Denver, you know, they needed to win this game. A guy like I have to mention, Baron Browning in this game, you know, two sacks, three QB hits. You know, this guy really came to add a lot of pressure to the Kansas City offense and specifically on Mahomes. So give some props to the Broncos. You know, they're a team kind of in disarray, but sitting at three and five, they still have a chance and a game like this winning them. I think they can have an opportunity to have a late push moving on for the remainder of the season. Yeah. Cause like we know this team is better than their record says in terms of like, you know, the guys and the players that they have on the roster, just that raw talent that I pretty, we talk about sacks in this game. Russell Wilson was sacked six times and still able to get the win. He completed 12 passes, three of them going for touchdowns. Denver just did a, uh, did a good job of setting up their offense in uh, in a short field and uh, really a uh, a very, uh, I guess you could say, prime situation for that offense to work. But yeah, you know, Mahomes, not awful, 24 of 30, but it's the two interception, right? One of them, yes, was was on a fourth down there. Surprised there was no pass interference against um, against the Broncos there because it looked like uh, Valdez Scantling uh, got got held on the play, but there was uh, there was no call. But even at that, like Denver just seemed to to own the start of this game to the finish, and it was kind of the, one of those games where you felt eventually Kansas City was going to take over, but they were down by five at half, didn't score a single point in the second half, so uh, kind of weird to see. I think it just it's great for the NFL because it goes to show how unpredictable and how, and how balanced you can say the league is uh, so far this year. And you talk about who's favorite to win the Super Bowl. I mean, maybe you want to say the Eagles because they only have one loss, but you know they've seen vulnerable at times. So uh, big win by those Denver Broncos. Love to see my upsets, and yeah, Denver Broncos get it done. So good on them. All right, Dom, let's go to another game. Well, let's go to those Eagles. Let's talk about the mm-hmm. Washington Commanders versus the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought. This was a fantastic football game. I really thought that Washington should have won, but that key interception, uh, Sam Howell, unfortunately, had a great game. One little mistake, and late in this football game, Sam Howell and Terry McLaren. I know that Howell's a young guy, and he has to put it more, you know, in the numbers. It was, you know, a lot of low throws late, which made it very difficult for McLaren to catch. But McLaren should have caught one of those two passes, and I think. Just that in itself was the difference maker. But, man, this is a broken record right now for the Philadelphia Eagles, but a great broken record with the A.J. Brown just, like, destroying the NFL right now on a huge hot streak. A.J. Brown in this game, eight receptions, 130 yards, two touchdowns. And I have to say, probably the catch of the year so far for me, A.J. Brown just delivering a one-hander, bringing it in keeping his foot down. It was just beautiful to watch. And, you know, Jalen Hurts, 
seems to be able to always buy some time in the pocket, even with this huge wall protecting. If there's a blitz coming in, Jalen Hurts is going to bootleg out of there. And then the receivers, they're smart, right, in Philadelphia. So they always come back and build Jalen Hurts out. So a lot of good things going on in, in Philadelphia. There's a reason why they're 7-1. and one. And right now, even Nick Sirianni is growing on me. This guy obviously is a proven coach right now, you know, leading his team back-to-back years like this. This is no longer a fluke. Philadelphia is doing a fantastic job. They deserve to win this game. They take it 38-31. to 31. This was an offensive juggernaut, and I was at this point watching the uh, the Dolphins against Patriots uh, game, of course. But I was keeping an eye on this game, and it was score for score for score. And Washington had them uh, against the ropes uh, for the majority of this game, but you, you got to credit Philadelphia to, to come back and win this game. We talk about A.J. Brown, and I knew he was putting up good numbers, but I, the stat I heard was he had his sixth straight game with 125 receiving yards or more, uh, breaking the previous NFL record hold by, by Megatron Calvin. Johnson I couldn't believe it when I heard that I knew he was doing well but right now their connection is is incredible him and AJ Brown and I know that potentially maybe diminishes the uh, the role that um, that Smith plays in this offense but he had seven catches 99 yards and a touchdown so when you're able to have two guys uh, with 99 plus yards uh, the receiver position is pretty impressive but yeah AJ Brown right now putting up MVP type numbers I know a wide receiver um I'm not sure Warren Sears ever won the MVP off the fact check that, but he is putting up numbers that an MVP uh, could uh, could potentially put up and just really, really uh, fluid in this offense right now. And yeah, Sam Howell was impressed. 397 passing yards, the four touchdowns. And he kind of reminds me of the old quarterback of Washington, you know, Taylor Heineke, kind of a gritty guy, not uh, necessarily guys always going to make the right play, but that makes plays nonetheless. And most of the time it is the right play, but unfortunately here he made what you can classify as a rookie mistake late in the game, throwing that interception and getting a little bit greedy there. This would have been a nice win for Washington, you know, at home uh, at that point, uh, they, you know, they would have uh, obviously uh, been, uh, been in the thick of things at, at four and four, They're right now three and five, obviously season not over still a lot, uh, but this was a big game. And, and, you know, look, the Eagles haven't necessarily won pretty, but they show they have shown they could win games nonetheless. So yeah, good job on the Eagles to beat their division rivals. I want to go to Cincinnati Bengals and them beating the San Francisco 49ers 31 to 17. This was the game I watched the most at four o'clock. I was excited for this game. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I had a good feeling about Cincinnati in this game, just because the 49ers were coming in on a two game losing streak. You felt eventually Joe Burrow and this offense had to get going and man did they ever. He went 28 of 32, 283 yards, three touchdowns at 28 of 32, an incredible, incredible completion percentage there. 100 yards for Jamar Chase, 69 for uh, for Higgins. And, you know, what, what got me um, excited for this team was Joe Mixon finally getting stuff going. 87 yards on the ground on 16 carries. Uh, good enough for 5.4 yards per carry and a touchdown. He also caught a few balls in the backfield, which was good. And, like, now you look at this situation. Let's look at Cincinnati here. Okay, they were Super Bowl contenders coming into the season. People may or may not have wrote them off after the first few weeks. They get a good quality victory. Their defense looks good. Their offense looks good. Burrow looks good. Mixon looks good. And all the things we were kind of worried about in Cincinnati, at least in this game, seem to have been fixed temporarily. And you look at San Francisco, their third straight loss, you know, has the blueprint been out on how to stop Brock Purdy, 
Is he only necessarily, quote-unquote, good or a baller because of the guys he has around him? Second straight game without Debo Samuel, second loss. And, you know, you hear the questions now. Is, is Brock Purdy's uh, luck run out? And I, I don't believe so. I think this is way too premature to, to say, yes, he didn't look good in this game. Um, and, yes, he did throw two interceptions to his one passing touchdown. He did have 365 passing yards. Let's not forget. Uh, but he didn't look the same confident Brock Purdy we've seen to start the season. So I'm not too, too worried about uh, Brock Purdy and this team yet. But we just have potentially seen uh, the downside uh, that this team has been through. We not, I'm not sure that this team is going to lose three straight games the entire year. Um, and, you know, they do it in, in uh, three or three games the entire year. They do it in three consecutive weeks. So big win there by Cincinnati, pulling off the upset in San Francisco. And I think this game could potentially be a turning point for both teams in the season. Yeah, you're 100% right. A turning point indeed for Cincinnati. Cincinnati, we all know they have a good football team, but we need to see more of Joe Mixon. And you said it yourself, you know, 16 carries, 87 yards. That to me showcased a bit more of the kind of like plethora of Cincinnati's offense that we've been lacking. And I think Joe Mixon, if he continues to play this way, Cincinnati is going to go very far. I still think that, you know, Joe Burrow, as much as a great quarterback he is, I think he's feeding the ball a bit too much to Jamar Chase. But then again, someone's got to produce, and Jamar Chase is a fantastic wide receiver. I just want to see T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd get more involved in their offense because that's going to make them that much deadlier and that much more unpredictable. I think for San Francisco, San Francisco is just a question of getting Trent Williams back. You know, he's been injured. It's the left tackle. He's the glue to that offensive line. I think it provides uh, Brock Purdy that much more confidence if he's there. And he's not playing too bad, Brock Purdy. You know, he went 22 for 31, 365 yards, as you said. I think San Francisco, you know, a lot of people have San Francisco to win the Super Bowl. And right now they're regressing a tad bit. I think it has to do with injuries. They will overcome this. Cincinnati, on their on the other hand, right now could skyrocket, could could skyrocket all the way to the AFC North uh, kind of division. So we'll see yeah. if they um, do that. But I do believe Baltimore right now will present a good obstacle. But they definitely will be there against Baltimore. Cincinnati has been playing good football as of late, and I do believe that when it's all said and done, they will win the division. Yeah, it's, that's a really crazy and, and tough division there. Uh, that AFC North to get Baltimore, they were able to uh, to get a, a victory there, and the, the Pittsburgh Steelers unfortunately uh, took a loss. And yeah, it's pretty crazy. Look at like this division and what a crazy week it was, and, and Cleveland almost getting that victory over over Seattle, which we'll uh, which we'll talk about. But yeah, I think Cincinnati right now hitting stride at the exact right time, and you know, really, really do believe for for this team. Look, they're a passing team, and I really like that about them. But you, once you get Joe Mixon going, and you know, getting him and the swag he brings to the team you have the defenses creep up a little bit and then you're able to take that play action play action shot uh over the top there so i think it was uh, a great great win for for cincinnati and not easy uh to win against san francisco nonetheless in san fran got a, a shout out to a christian mccaffrey who once again scored uh, a touchdown breaking the record for most uh you know consecutive games with uh, a touchdown there so san fran has their weapons and i'm not too worried about them but it'll be curious to see how they back bounce uh how they bounce back excuse me from adversity after these 
these three straight losses. All right, Don, we talked about a few games. We'll continue to do that. But unfortunately, we have some quarterback injury concerns to mention. Uh, the big one being Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins, unfortunately, has a torn Achilles and he will miss the rest of the season. It just, it's, man, it's, football is just incredible like that. Unfortunately, you're one play here and, uh, you know, the, the Achilles and, and ACL and all that stuff, and you could be done for the year on one split second. Unfortunately, uh, even though they got the win, uh, a very painful loss there in Kirk Cousins for the Minnesota Vikings. They win their third straight game. They set four and four right now, but a lot of question marks to, to answer. And the trade deadline coming up, and, uh, you know, as we record the show, it's, uh, it's Monday night, so a trade deadline Tuesday uh, during the day. So maybe the Vikings will be making moves to acquire a quarterback. But, yeah, unfortunate news there for Cousins. Tom, he's going to miss the rest of the season. Yeah, really big blow for Minnesota. Minnesota was actually kind of like patching their defense in terms of their run blocking. I thought that that was their weakness. But uh, Brian Flores has done a tremendous job in the last few weeks. And Kirk Cousins started the season on fire. And they lost Jefferson, and he was continuing with Addison. For them to lose him right now is just so sad for the for the Minnesota Vikings fan base is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So it's just really sad. But I don't know. Guys like currently that are free agents, who do you see that could potentially come in? What is going on with Carson Wentz? Why is Carson Wentz not in the NFL? There must be a weird story that we just don't know about Carson Wentz because it makes no sense for this guy not to be at least a backup QB in the NFL. So let's just keep an eye on him because I do believe he might come in in Minnesota. Do they have what? Do they have Nick Mullins? Can you correct me if I'm wrong? Is Nick Mullins currently on IR? William, do you happen to know that? Let me check that, verify that right now because I know in, in the game they had Hull come in. Yeah, and he he's not going to be the guy. I think no. Nick Mullins, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is on IR right now. He would provide definitely an upgrade to Minnesota's, um, you know, quarterback position, considering that there's guy, this guy right now, uh, Jaron Hall, he's not going to do it. So they're going to have to look at it globally and see maybe even an old veteran because the mm -hmm. Vikings right now, believe it or not, they're still fighting for a playoff spot. And yeah. it'd, be hard, it'd be hard to convince a guy like, you know, Matt, the hats, you know, in other words, Matty Ice, I should say, to come in and do his job and win a Super Bowl like he should have back in the day with the Atlanta Falcons. But yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens. But I'm definitely thinking that Minnesota is going to have to add a quarterback. Well, that's the thing. And yet, to answer your question, Nick Mullins uh, is on the IR there. So he definitely would have came in and replaced up Kirk Cousins at uh, Jaron Hall completing two passes uh, as really the emergency quarterback uh, when you look at it. But yes, yeah, like I said, winning three straight games now for Minnesota, four of the last five. Jefferson should be coming back soon. You know, this is a, a pretty, you know, if you're a, a quarterback, you're looking at this roster, like, okay, it's a pretty fun roster where you got Madison that's developing. You got TJ Hawkinson that we can't forget about. You have Jefferson, one of, if not the best, uh, receiver in the game like you said the vikings defense is improving um and you know four and four right now in this division may not necessarily be up for grass because of how good the lions are doing but they're only two games behind um the Lions, so, uh, you know, a wild card spot is, uh, of course, realistic. And even potentially for the division, you, you never know. Obviously, a ton of games left in the season. So, yeah, there are, you know, Carson Wentz, 
Yeah, I know you mentioned him before, and he's a he's a guy that uh, you know could uh, serve as a serviceable backup. Uh, but uh, you know, I just think for to be a starting quarterback, it's a little bit tough. You never know. We've seen you know stranger things happen, and I, and I think that once eventually we'll get his chance back in the NFL. So who knows if it happens in Minnesota? Thoughts and prayers with uh, Kirk Cousins. Really feel for him and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Kenny Pickett, Dominic. Not sure how much uh, you watch of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers game, but he left the game, and uh, the severity of his injury is is unknown. Doesn't like it's too too serious. Uh, he could be able to come back and play next week, but not sure if he caught to any of the Pittsburgh game and unfortunately Pickett having to leave. Yeah, Kenny Pickett, little injury. I think he'll be back sooner than later. Yeah. I do believe, though, Pittsburgh's got a massive problem with that offense. If they don't add anything at the trade deadline, kiss the season goodbye. Pittsburgh does not have an offense. It's that simple. As good as that defense could be, they just have nothing. And now whether or not that's because the guys they drafted, whether or not it's because of Matt Canada, whether or not it's because of Tomlin, it's probably a combination of all sorts of things. It's very easy to blame Matt Canada, but I'm not just going to blame him. There's a lot of problems in Pittsburgh at the offensive position, and this does not look like a playoff team. And right now, you know, I'll, I'll say that Cleveland will probably at one point or another overseed the Pittsburgh Steelers and potentially take their wild card spot because Pittsburgh right now is a sinking ship. Yeah, they really are. And you know, not to say exactly what you just said, but yes, this offense is very, very tough to watch. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the play calls. I want to see a little bit more aggressiveness, but yeah, it's uh, tough there for Pickett, but he should be back. And Matthew Stafford listed as day-to-day. So potentially uh, be back next week. Some of the reports I heard is that he should uh, come back and uh, he'll be able to uh, to play in this team's next game. All right, Don, let's get back to the games and the recaps. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. versus the Los Angeles Rams. Wow, big blowout here. Dallas takes it 43 to 20. I don't know, man. Doc Prescott, there's just sometimes when this guy's on with CD Lamb, this is a Super Bowl team. But for whatever reason, it's only that combo. So as good as this score was, I still am not convinced that the Dallas Cowboys are a great football team. But man, if they can just do this consistently, I would have a lot more respect. But granted, let's give them a bit of respect for this game. Dak Prescott going 25 for 31, four TDs. Man, why is this guy not playing like this on a weekly basis? Yeah. It's mind-boggling. CeeDee Lamb, 12 receptions, 158 yards, two TDs on 14 targets. I mean, can you ask for anything better? Probably not. So right now, the only thing with Dallas is they need to get that running game a bit, you know, going. Tony Pollard, you know, took over the spot, number one, over Ezekiel Elliott, but really hasn't had a great year. So that's kind of like an issue that I want to highlight that Dallas needs to get better at. And as for the Rams, speaking of another injury, Matthew Stafford went down in this game with a thumb injury. Not sure how bad that's going to be, but Brett Rippin or Repian, not the answer for the Rams. I have no clue why that guy's the backup in Los Angeles, but he is. It is what it is. Hopefully for the Rams, they can bounce back because right now without Matthew Stafford, this is another team that's a sinking ship. 
Yeah, just talking on the you know the, the Rams and disappointment. I know Stafford did leave the game, but he did throw 22 balls. And, you know, Pukunakua, three catches, 43 yards. Cooper Cup, four catches, 21 yards. That's surprising because that really is this team's recipe for success. And, you know, even if Matthew Stafford does come back, then sitting at three and five right now is high on them to start the season. And they haven't been really impressed them the last few weeks. So they're really going to have to get those two guys going uh, if they want any chance at winning, uh, winning football games. Yeah, the Cowboys, you said it very well, Dominic. Five and two right Right now, 43 points. Offense looks good in the game. Defense looks pretty good as well. Prescott playing lights out. And, you know, for now, he signs the critics, which is great. But I want to see them go out there and do it again next week. Look, right now they're sitting at 5-2. and two, And who do they have next week? They have the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 7-1. and one. You want respect, Dallas. You want to be Super Bowl contenders. You want to be the best of the best and, and you know, challenge for the number one seed in the first round by Go out there, beat Philadelphia. You didn't beat them earlier in the year. Now's your chance. You know, it's going to be a, a game, a 425 game. Yes, the game is in Philadelphia. But, look, you want to be taken seriously. You got to go out there and win this game if you're the Dallas Cowboys. Um. And they're very capable in doing so. You know, it's going to be a, a tough task for them. But, you know, we know they can go out there and, and win the game. My apologies. Actually, they haven't met this year. So it'll be the first time that the Cowboys take on the Eagles. But, yes, this will be a big statement win for Dallas if they could go out there and pull off the W. Um, a team that did pull off the W also this week was the New York Jets in what has to be the weirdest, boringest, sluggiest, most terrible game to watch in the NFL that I in the last little while I had a buddy of mine that actually went to the game and I, I felt for him but look hopefully the atmosphere was okay anyway folks long story short all you need to know about this game is there was 24 punts 24 punts in the game by the New York Jets and the New York Giants not on the season not their season total not 24 punts on the week by all the NFL teams combined in this one game, there was 24 punts. The New York Giants finished with negative passing years. This has to be the weirdest statistical game I think I've ever seen since being a football fan. Dumb, I didn't catch any of this game except for the Jets come back there. I watched a few of the replays and the two field goal kicks at the end. The Giants did miss a key field goal, which led the Giants to, Jets to come back and force overtime. But... Uh, Looking at the stats of this game, I'm, I'm absolutely shocked. I'm beyond shocked to see what happened in this game. The low-scoring game is okay. It's whatever. We've seen low-scoring games. But for me, it's the amount of punts and the few yards or negative passing yards we saw out of the Giants. This is a head-scratcher. I don't think we'll ever see a game like this for maybe the next decade. You know, William, I agree 100%. I've never seen a team finish with minus nine passing yards. It doesn't make sense. It does not make any sense. If your backup, backup quarterback, <laughs> your third stringer, can't even string one yard together, what is he doing on the football team? How are you guys evaluating this talent? It's just, it's mind-boggling. So you're not going to be able to get a guy from the CFL to do a better job? Like, seriously, Tommy DeVito, I don't want to see you ever play a down in the NFL again. I'm sorry. It's probably not his fault. Maybe it's a combination of things. But boy, how can you live up to finishing a game with minus one yard I know they gave the ball to Saquon Barkley 36 times for 126 yards. But, man, no confidence in your passing game? It was that bad? Or the Jets? I know the Jets' defense I know, I know. is good. Okay, they're good. But come on, a slant pass? Like anything. Give me any pass whatsoever. But, no, the Giants 
horrible. I'm so disappointed in Brian Dable because I really elevated this guy last year. Yeah. And I know he's got his QB, you know, injured and whatnot. And his offensive line got a bit banged up. But that's no excuse, Brian Dable. Right now, you look like a joke. You're sitting at two and six. It's not looking good for the Giants. As a matter of fact, they just sent Leonard Williams to Seattle in a yeah. big trade. They seem to have thrown the hat and give up on this season. So honestly, I'm very sad if I'm a Giants fan. This is not the way the season was supposed to go after last year's hype. But let's talk about the Jets. Can you believe the Jets with Zach Wilson are four and three? What the hell? I am shocked. Zach Wilson, the choir karate kid boy, suddenly is <laughs> reviving his career. I, I mean, I might not go that far saying reviving his career, but hey, who cares? You're winning football games and you're the quarterback. And right now, again, I'm going to say that the aura of Aaron Rodgers apparently is rubbing off on Zach Wilson in terms of his confidence. Ah, I don't know, man. But hey, they're four and three right now. The Jets, the team's believing in the opportunity to make to make the playoffs at least as a wild card team. And right now, William, I'm gonna have to say, you know what? They might as well make the playoffs because that'd be a beautiful story to see. You know, Zach Wilson passing on the torch. Because I would imagine if the Jets make the playoffs, folks, it won't be Zach Wilson as the quarterback. Aaron Rodgers will pick up the torts and then in the playoffs who knows what the jets could do well the thing is we've heard about potentially uh aaron Rodgers coming back and that'd be something just look at it right now dominic how bizarre this is if you would have told me uh that after seven games each team played with zach wilson now the jets and the Bengals are sitting both at four and three you know i would have been surprised to say the least had the Bengals winning the super bowl this year so yeah it's been ugly for the jets you know we're not going to say it hasn't been but they've won three straight games and the good old saying is defense wins championships and it may not win championships in today's NFL, but it's at least winning them games for now. And, you know, we've got to call Spade a Spade. Wilson didn't look great in this game, but he did catch up on that last drive and in overtime got the team in field goal position back-to-back drives, and they end up winning the game. But, yeah, I think just, just to add on your point, Dominic, the – the, the the New York Giants in the game like to me it's why do you have these guys on your roster if you're not even going to trust them like okay I understand Saquon is obviously obviously the safest player to have with the ball in his hands on this football football team with anybody playing quarterback but when you have these guys in even more so but to complete six passes in a football game to me is is absolutely bananas it I almost don't want to see some of the replay of this game just to see how weird and funky it was I guess look it's near Halloween spooky stuff happens maybe that's part of it I don't know who knows let's move on to another game Dominic let's go and talk about the Tennessee Titans and the Atlanta Falcons we thought last week Tennessee also throwing the towel, but looks like has Will Levi revived this football team? I mean, one guy that was definitely happy to see Will Levi was DeAndre Hopkins finally coming out and balling like the old DeAndre. Four receptions, 128 yards, and three TDs. Wow, man, that's big stats for 128 yards and four receptions and three TDs. Loving what I'm seeing from DeAndre. But, I mean, what What do you think, William? Do you think the Titans sitting at three and four, are they going to be able to ride Will Levi? And if they are, is this team going to potentially do a U-turn and maybe make it into a wild card spot? Because right now, 
I'm going to say yes. As crazy as that sounds, because I've talked to you about how this team all around was a great all around football team. But for whatever reason, Brian Tannehill seems to have, you know, played his last down potentially as a QB in the NFL. That's how far I'm going to say it because a rookie quarterback coming in and throwing four TDs and no pick, that's a great confident booster to start off your career. And quite frankly, all he's got to really do is hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and manage this football team. So, William, can Will Levi manage this football team to the playoffs? Yes, and yes to both your questions. And let me answer why. We talked about Tennessee, and I've never been a huge fan of this team. And number one was because, yes, my ex-Dolphin buddy, Ryan Tannehill, I was never a believer in him uh, in his uh, last few seasons in Miami, and especially not when he joined Tennessee. He had two passing touchdowns, Dominic. Two passing touchdowns in the entire season. Will Levi comes in this game, and he doubles up by getting four in this game alone. That's number one. Number two, what I like about this game plan is, yes, they fed Derrick Henry the ball 22 times. They didn't go out there and give him 30 to 35 carries. They drafted Will Levi and they wanted to show that they believed in him and they let him throw the ball. They let him potentially make mistakes. That's what I like about this game. You know, I haven't been very confident in Vrabel this year. But this game could be a potential turnaround for me and, you know, for me and the way I view them and this team because they let him air the ball out, right? It wasn't, okay, we have we don't have our starting quarterback. Let's run the ball, you know, 40 times in this game, play it safe and punt, and hopefully we'll win on defense. They let their quarterback go out there and show he can ball out. And, yes, Diop still has a lot of juice left in the tank. And I do like what I see out of Levi. I love his decision-making. I love his bombs. The bomb to, to uh, Hopkins was beautiful, especially that first one. And you look at Tennessee's schedule. They have the Steelers, the Bucks, the Jags, the Panthers, and the Colts. That's their schedule. Their next five games, you can see them going three and two at the worst, and maybe even four and one in that span. So having a winning record uh, after all these games are set and done, I like this team. You know, they have talent, and I think the one thing they were missing was a quarterback. Look, it's it's one game, but I think it breathes a life of fresh air into this team. Tannehill was this team's biggest weakness. He is gone now, hopefully for the foreseeable future. And to answer your question, I can see Tennessee making a run now with uh, Will at QB. Yeah, they definitely can because Vrabel, again, I'm going to, Sing his praises as a great all-around football coach that gets the most out of his entire football team. So let's see how that plays out. But on the flip side of the coin, Atlanta sitting at 4-4. Four and four. Man, Arthur Smith is such a stubborn head coach. He is still thinking that Desmond Ritter could lead this team moving forward. The guy got a concussion. Taylor Heineke came into this football game. You know, he didn't have amazing stats, but he was a lot better as a QB. You know, 12 for, for 21, 175 yards passing-wise. That's what you need to get this team going is the passing game. We all know Atlanta can run the football, ball, the football, but it's definitely the passing game that's struggling. I don't want to see Ritter on this football team anymore. I want to see Heineke lead the way, and if they do, Atlanta will make the playoffs as well. But if they don't, if I see Desmond Ritter again on this football team as the starting QB, which unfortunately I have a feeling we might see him next week, but he yeah. does have a concussion, so let's Let's, I don't know, it's, it's sad to say, let's look at the concussion protocol and hope that he doesn't play. But I'm telling you, Atlanta Falcons fans, you do not want to see Desmond Ritter. you got to bust on your hands. Give the ball to Taylor Heineke. you got a jewel of a superstar in B.J. Robinson. This is the way to carry the team forward. If you do that, you'll make the playoffs. If you don't, you won't. It's that simple. 
Yeah, it, it's tough to to say right now that this team uh, should have utmost confidence in Ritter just because the way he's playing and, you know, the, this team has weapons, right? And you're, you're going out there and not finding ways to win games. Look, they're sitting at four and four, so not the end of the world there, but still you want to uh, be able to put up more points on the offensive side of the ball. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, yeah, you look at, like, just the the way and the, the way this division is headed. These are, these are teams that are not going to go out there and score a bunch of points, right, Dom? So maybe potentially that's why they have a, a little bit more, um, I guess, patience with Ritter here. But uh, I, I would agree with you, Dom. I think with T.L. Uh, well, William, he's the worst QB in the NFL. You would go that far. It's on a, really, you would, you'd say there's not one quarterback. I would take Zach Wilson before Desmond Ritter. <laughs> Honestly, right now, it may not even be that far-fetched when you think about it. And uh, look, we, we talk about, uh, you know, giving your, your quarterback and having a certain amount of uh, trust and having a leash. It looks right now, but he looks like he wasn't benching this game. Apparently, he got hurt. Let's wait and see what happens. And like you said, see if he flashes concussion, uh, concussion protocol there. Um, a quarterback that did ball out was Derek Carr. The Indianapolis Colts lose their game 38-27 to to the New Orleans Saints. I was really impressed. This is actually a really fun game. I didn't think it was going to be these many fireworks. But Shahid uh, really stretching the field out for this New Orleans Saints team. The Saints put up 38 points, Dominic. Uh, and they win this game 38-27 to against the Colts. Was kind of rooting in this game for Gardner Minshew. I do like him and his... You know, his whole shenanigans there. But Derek Carr really, really needed this game. They all go out there. They put up 38 points against the Colts. And yeah, Dom, they, uh, they, their offense marches down the field and picks up another win. Yeah, I'm just not as excited. William, who are the New Orleans Saints? Can you tell me who are the New Orleans Saints? Because I have no bloody clue who are the New Orleans Saints. Quite frankly, this team on a weekly basis, you could just flip a coin. We yeah. have no clue if they're going to get a lot of points. we got a no clue if they're going to have a horrible game. They're at best a 500 team, but they're in a weak division, which makes them, you know, on a weekly basis. Oh, all right, guys. You know, we could win the division still. We're still in it to win it. But quite frankly, I, I just don't like Derek Carr. You know, 19 for 27, 310 looks good on paper. But you know what? I just don't like him. I just don't. I don't like his uh, his personality, his aura, everything about him. He seems a bit pretentious that he's that much better than all other quarterbacks or a lot of other quarterbacks in the NFL. That's how I've always seen him, and I'm always going to see him under the same lens. Yes, I, I'll admit Rashid uh, Shahid, great game here, you know, averaging 50 yards. A reception is, is yeah. mind-boggling. I love Chris Olavi on this football team. Alvin Kamara is drinking from the fountain of youth. For whatever reason, he's having a good season. I didn't really see that one coming too much. But who are the New Orleans Saints? And until I see a really big winning streak, I'll take him more seriously. Because right now, I just can't. I'm sorry. The, the, the Colts, you know, Gardner Minshew is a backup quarterback. You know, he was competitive still in this football game. Maybe not as competitive as, as the week prior. But, you know, Indy, in my mind, should have won this football game. But somehow, you got to give props to New Orleans. They take it 38-27. to 27. Yeah, look, they, they found a way to win this game and to put up points. They're pretty impressive, their stat line for Derek. I'm with you on it. Like, not not to, you know, to, uh, to bump him up too much there. But I think it was a game he really needed. 19 completions for 310 yards. Uh, very good, uh, you know, yards per completion. 
All right, a quick little recap of the games we didn't talk about. The Buffalo Bills escape. Almost a Hail Mary touchdown there by Baker Mayfield at the end of the game. They beat uh, the Bucks lose, rather, to the Buffalo Bills 24-18. to Dolphins 31-17 to over the Pats. Like we talked about, the Jags beating your Steelers 20-10 to there, Dominic. Carolina picks up their first victory of the season, 15-13. to And uh, we got uh, Green Bay not looking so sharp, losing 24-10 to to those Minnesota Vikings. And, uh, yeah, we got the Seahawks. Nice comeback by them. Uh, they were down late in the game. They went 24-20. to And the Baltimore Ravens win once again. They're so 6-2. They're sitting uh, there uh, pretty good in the division. They won 31-24. to And the Chargers get back on track. They went 30-13. to And then the, our final game that happened on Monday Night Football, the Detroit Lions win. So they are sitting at 6-2 with a 26-14 to victory over those Las Vegas Raiders. All right, let's talk about the games that are going to happen tonight or the game that's going to happen tonight rather we got the Tennessee Titans at your Pittsburgh Steelers Dominic Steelers favored by two and a half yeah it really depends on if Kenny Pickett could play in this football game if he can and Pittsburgh might take it but I'm gonna go here with Will Levi and the Tennessee Titans I'm liking what I'm seeing I know the Steelers tend to feast on rookie QBs but no, Tennessee will win this football game. Give me Tennessee 24 to 13. Yeah, you know what, Dom? I'm with you on this one. I think regardless of who plays quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I just think Tennessee, after their good win, I think that they're able to, to keep it on track. We may not see the same type of game out of, out of Levi. You know, it's a, a lot of, uh, you know, to be expected on him after that performance. But I just think that, you know, this this uh, defense of the uh, Tennessee Titans will be able to, to hold the Steelers offense in check for the most part, and the Titans will score enough points. I'm going to go 20-17, to 17, final score for the Titans. Next up, we got the game in Germany, battle of two Teams at top of the AFC, Dolphins six and two, Chiefs six and two. Chiefs favored in this one by two and a half points. Call me bias. I'm going with my Dolphins to win this game and improve to seven and two. Uh, the Chiefs didn't look good. I expect their offense to look much better in this game. But Tyreek Hill playing against his former team. You know, this team just won the Super Bowl. He's probably a little bit bitter about that. I think he goes out there and has another great game, which he's been having all season long. I think this one's going to be a bit of a shootout. And I think Miami does come on top. I'm going to go 33-30 to in this one. Dolphins win. Yeah, you got to keep an eye on the trenches in this football game. Miami's one weakness sometimes could be a good defensive line, and the Chiefs have a definitely good defensive line. So I'm going to disagree with you. I think that also keep a keep a, an eye on whoever gets there first in Germany because I think you got to get acclimated to the environment. I think the Chiefs are going to do that. I'm going with the Chiefs here, William. Give me the Chiefs, 24 to 13. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, next up, we got the Minnesota Vikings at the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons favored by four. Not too sure who or what is going to be the quarterback situation there for the Vikings. You know what? Give me the Vikings in the upset. We just talked about Atlanta, you know, and we don't know who's going to be quarterback for them. This, that, the other thing. Uh, right now, there maybe are a few more question marks for Minnesota, but they're riding a three-game win streak. I think they take it to a four-game win streak. Their defense plays just good enough for them to escape with a victory. I'm going to go 20-19 to here, final score for minnesota you know i just can't do it william i, I know i'm i'm liking what you're saying about minnesota and potentially get a little upset but i gotta go with the falcons here even with ritter even if it's a heineke i think the falcons match up very well against minnesota so give me the falcons here 27 to 14 Low scoring game. All right, next up, we got the Seattle Seahawks at the Baltimore Ravens. Both teams coming off a victory. We got the Ravens favored by five and a half. 
Yeah, the Ravens not playing a tremendous game against Arizona, and that's still concerning for me. I don't know. I like the Ravens, but I think Pete Carroll can really coach well against a predictable quarterback like Lamar. So I'm going to call an upset here. Give me Seattle to beat the Ravens 31-30. to I like that, Dom. I almost went with the upset here. I'm going to go with the Ravens winning in overtime, 27-24. Justin Tucker hits a 50-plus yarder to win the game for Seattle. Seattle would be kind of a sexy upset pick here. I just think Baltimore, you know, playing at home, and I know Seattle is is good football team as well. Both teams only with two losses on the season, but I think that Lamar has a bounce back week and they're able to come away with the victory and they beat Seattle. Next up, Arizona Cardinals at the Cleveland Browns. We got the Browns favored by seven. Yeah, the Cardinals are benching Dobbs, and that to me showcases where Arizona is. I think Arizona's playing for the number one draft pick. So they won't even show up in this football game. Even the Browns to take it 30 to 10. I'm going to go Browns 24 to 13. Would have been nice if they came up with the upset in Seattle. Uh, that was a heck of a game, a game we didn't really talk about. But yeah, they put on a good fight there, but didn't get the W. I think they go out there and they get the W in this one by 11 over those Cardinals. Next up, we got the Rams at the Packers. The Packers are favored by two and a half. I guess there's a lot of concerns, question marks surrounding uh, the quarterback situation for the Rams. But yeah, you know what? We don't uh, we don't know right now who's going to be quarterbacking for them, but I still think they find a way to win this game. I'm not really liking what I'm seeing out of this Packers. They seem to be a very vanilla style offense. Jordan Love, you know, hasn't really brought any fire to the table uh, so far in the last few weeks, at least. So I'm going to go with the Rams winning this game. I'm going to go 27 to 17 and Cooper Cup gets going for them in this one. Yeah, Jordan Love is abysmal right now. I know, I know they lost key pieces on the offensive line, but that's just no excuse. I'm going with the Rams and I'm going with a blowout. Give me the Rams 35, nothing. All righty. Next up, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Houston Texans. Texans favored by two and a half. Interesting spread. Really interesting spread. And Tampa Bay, you know, we got a big bone bruise in Baker Mayfield's knee right now. And, I can see the Texans D really going after him. So I'm going to call the Texans to win at home in a very low scoring game, 13 to 10. You know what? I just don't see it. I think, you know, Tampa Bay is the more complete team. And I know Houston has been a pleasant surprise this year. Uh, But I think, you know, talk about a a get-right game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think this is it against Houston. uh, You know, maybe on the road, a team that people don't expect them to to beat. But I think they go out there and I think they do it. Uh, I'm going to go final score 27 to 19 here for Tampa Bay. And they're able to pull off the upset in Houston. Next up, Washington Commanders at the New England Patriots. Patriots favored by two and a half here. I'm going to keep my upsets going. They may not feel like much of an upset. I'm surprised the Pats are even favored in this one. But yeah, no, give me Washington to win this game. I just, you know, I know uh, New England these last two weeks, their offense has looked a little bit better. Uh, They put up 17 against Miami and were in the game for the most part. But no, I think Washington, you know, they could have had the victory last week and they should have against the Eagles. And I think they go out there in Foxborough and they get it done this week. Uh, They come away with the victory. I'm going to go uh, final score 25 to 20 for Washington. Yeah, this spread makes absolutely no sense. And it's really infuriating when you look at a spread like this. You know, man, I want to go with the Commanders, but I'm going to call an upset reluctantly, really reluctantly. I don't know how they get it done, but the Pats are going to win 20 to 17. 
<laughs> Alrighty, Pats find a way. Next up, we got the Chicago Bears at the New Orleans Saints. Saints favored by six and a half. Tom, I know how much you love those Saints. Oh, I love the Saints. Derek Carr is amazing. <laughs> I got to break, William. I'm going with the Bears. I know they had a bad game last week, but you know I'm, they're going to bounce back. Something tells me the running game gets back to where it was two weeks ago. Give me the Bears here, twenty-four to ten. Wow, Dom, you're, I, oof, you're, your hate for the Saints is real. I'm going to go with the Saints in this one. Uh, you know, Bears with the, with the rookie quarterback there. Uh, looked fairly good in his first game, second game. Tough when you play a team like the Chargers. I just think the Saints are able to kind of maneuver and not necessarily have the offensive shootout they had last week, uh, but they're able to uh, to hold the Bears uh, to 13 points in this game, and they scored 24. So, yeah, Saints win this one 24 13. Next up, we got the Indianapolis Colts at the Carolina Panthers. Colts favored by two and a half on the road. Very bizarre spread. All year, William, we've been seeing these two and a half spreads. Yeah. Never before, all, all the years that I've watched football, I have ever seen the parody being so frigging tight. It's, it's very weird. Again, the Panthers should get blown out. I'm going to call another upset here. Somehow, the rookie quarterback is feeling it, and he beats the Colts. Give me the Panthers, 35-30. to 30. Wow, high-scoring game. I like that. I think this is going to be a close game throughout. I really do. Even a potential overtime game. I'm going to go final score here. Uh, give me, I'm going to say 23-21. Indianapolis wins it. They kick a field goal as time expires. Uh, Carolina, yes, did get their first win of the season. I'm looking for Minshew to kind of, you know, snap back into it here. Didn't have a poor game but this job, last week, but this time he gets the job done and beats those Panthers by two. Next up, New York Giants at the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders favored by three. I, I just think right now the Giants are a disaster. I know the Raiders don't look much better, but they have the more stable quarterback, if you want to call it, and Jimmy G. And, you know, these are two, uh, you know, poor football teams playing to, against each other, and one of them's got to win. Unless it's a tie, but I'm going to go with a non-tie. And I'm going to say the Raiders win this game 26-10 to 10 final score. No way, William. Someone's got to <laughs> fire Josh McDaniels and fire him last week. I mean, for crying out loud, you have Aiden O'Connell, you know, that everybody wants to see play football, and you're going to call him out in a, in a press conference and say that this is not preseason? Look what you just did. You got Garoppolo, who's a garbage quarterback. You got Brian Hoyer, who's another garbage quarterback. You will not win this football game. The Giants will win 27-10. to 10. Well, 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 I'll tell you one thing that McDaniels, regardless of winning or losing this game, he should not be the one pointing the finger. That's for darn sure. All right, next up, NFC East battle potential game of the week. Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles favored by three at home in this one, Dom. You know, I just want to take Dallas so bad. You know, Dallas, it's time. It's time, Dallas, you know. But I can't. I just can't. It really will come down to the offensive line and Mika Parsons. It's really going to be that simple. And I think from what I saw, the wall is for real in the Eagles in Philadelphia. So I'm taking Philly in a tight football game, 27 to 24. You know what? I have a very, very similar score to yours. I'm going to go 28-24 for the Eagles. And I kind of didn't want to pick the Cowboys this week. I did want to pick them. But, you know, they've shown that they could, you know, come out there and look like a great team one week and a poor the next. I think they look like a fair football team in this one. But I'm going to go with the more consistent team here and pick the Eagles, especially at home. Next up, Sunday Night Football. Great one. Buffalo Bills at the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals favored by two in this one. Pretty crazy. Just after uh, struggling so much, the Bengals would be favored against 
a team like the Bills. And I'm going to go with Cincy winning this game and pulling off uh, the home victory here. I say they win by exactly two. This is my game of the week. You know, the Cowboys-Eagles could be a good one. I'm going to be focusing a lot on this one. Cincinnati wins this game 30-28. to 28, uh, Battle of two young and up-and-coming, or I should say already there, quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think Joe Burrow gets the better of Allen in this one. And Cincy wins another game. I agree with you, William, that this is the game of the week. The Bills finally sign that guy that they potentially need to take him over the top. They bring in playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette signs in Buffalo, but it won't be introduced against the Cincinnati Bengals. But I still think that signing is going to go far in the long term for the Bills. Mm -hmm. But in this game, Cincinnati and Joe Mixon will be leading the way. Give me Cincinnati in overtime, 30-27. to 27. Yes, I'm already excited for that game. Waiting all day for Sunday night. All right, last but not least, Monday Night Football, LA Chargers at the New York Jets. Both teams coming off a win. The Chargers favored by two. Can they go into MetLife Stadium and beat the Jets? Yes, they can, and yes, they will. Give me a great performance here by Keenan Allen. He gets three touchdowns in this game. The LA Chargers show the world why they are sleeper, quote-unquote, Super Bowl picks and why they have been, and they finally show a little bit of that consistency after winning last week and winning again this week. They win a good one here against the Jets. I'm going to go final score 30-22 to 22 for the LA Chargers. Another weird spread that makes yeah. absolutely no sense. You're going to tell me that Herbert and Wilson are comparable? Oh, I can't do it, William. I just can't. Give me Justin Herbert. I think it's going to be a blowout. I have to do it. 35 wow. to 10, the Chargers will beat the Jets. All right, Tom, we got just over a minute left. What are you most excited to see this week in the NFL? Well, we talked about it two seconds ago. I want to see playoff Lenny right now be introduced in this offense i don't know how much he's gonna play if at all but i really would love to see him really succeed in buffalo for all you bills fans out there i think that this guy could put you over the top specifically if you make the playoffs but i still think Cincinnati will take it it's going to be a fantastic football game Oh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great football game. And another great football game that I expect to occur this week in the NFL is those Eagles against the Cowboys. Look, Cowboys fans, if you're listening, and I know that it's been uh, not necessarily an up-and-down season because they are sitting at 5-2, and two, but it's kind of hard to figure out who the real Dallas Cowboys are. And I'm all about opportunity and being able to make a statement. And I don't think you can make a bigger statement than going into Philadelphia in the city of brotherly love, the only team that has one, uh, one loss on the year, and, you know, right at power rankings you got to put the eagles at number one right now going in there as underdogs and beating your division rivals there that'd be great for the Dallas cowboys themselves obviously uh in terms of statements but also they're going to be battling these guys late in the season for the division and if they go out there and make this just an even bit of a tighter nfc east that would be crazy because right now if the eagles win this game they're really separating themselves from the rest of the pack in that division so cowboys go out there and get the dub in philadelphia all right, folks, that is it. We hope you had a great Halloween, and thank you in for tuning into the show. Once again, without you guys, there is no show. We'll be back next week, same place, same time. You were listening to CJLO, 1690 AM in Montreal.